some people who when they come to a party they are the party now you could either go to a party and wait for somebody to start the party you know there's certain people like is such and such here is such and such here I want to be that dude that when I come in let's get it started I want to be the party tell somebody I'm the party and the reason why I'm the party is because the Holy Ghost who is the party lives in me greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world Jeremiah said it like fire shut up in my bones hey 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 ah ah you may be seated amen 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 I don't know where this is going, but wherever it goes, I'm gonna tell you, take your liberty in the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, this morning, we're gonna have church. Now, I don't know what that looks like. I'm not gonna put God in a box, but we are going to take our liberty in the Lord because 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to uh, teach you a new scripture. It's for some of you, it's old because you've been with me a long time, but for some of you, it's new. First of all, I'm grateful to the musicians who have so wonderfully turned my little tunes into something that is uh, consumable. Amen. So we're just grateful for, first of all, Cam who's on the keyboard. And no, and of course, let the redeemed of the Lord say so-so. <laughs> on the drums is Sheldon. And on the keyboards, our music director is, my name is Tomei, Tomei. Now this one is Psalms 119 verse 18 and it speaks to what I'm gonna minister to on this morning. You know, the first song was Salsa, the second one was Little Rock, but this one's more worshipy. And it goes like this. The scripture is, open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. And so that's how it goes again. It's open thou, is it up there yet? Okay, good. So it goes like this. Can you give me, make sure I start on the right key. Okay, 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 okay. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. 
Psalm 119, verse 18. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Where's it found? Psalm 119, verse 18. Come on now. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Where's it found? Psalm 119, verse 18. You know, you can't read this Bible. You can't read the scriptures unless the Holy Spirit opens your eyes. This Bible is unlike any other book. So even before you have devotions, you should just pray. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold. Open. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold. One more time. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold. Wondrous things out of thy love. Psalm. Psalm 119, verse 18. Wondrous things, wondrous things out of thy law. Where's it found? Psalm 119, verse 18. Father, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our heart be enlightened so that we would know what this hope of your calling is and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance that you have in each and every one of us who are your saints. Help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe. It is the same power that raised My speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be with demonstration of spirit and power, so that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Green, but in the power of God. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. We really need to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Wondrous things. John chapter 7, verse 40 to 52, New Living Translation in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. When the crowds heard Jesus, some of them declared, surely this man is a prophet we've been expecting. Others said he's the Messiah, still others said, but he can't be. Will the Messiah come from Galilee? For the scriptures clearly state that the Messiah will be born 
of the royal line of David in Bethlehem, the village where King David was born. So the crowd was divided about him. Some even wanted him arrested, but no one laid a hand on him when the temple gods returned without having arrested Jesus, the leading priest, and the Pharisees demanded, why didn't you bring him in? We have never heard anyone speak like this. The gods responded. Have you been led astray to the Pharisees' mock? Is there a single one of us, rulers or Pharisees, who believes in him? This foolish crowd follows him, but they are ignorant of the law. God's curse is on them. Then Nicodemus, the leader who had met Jesus earlier, John chapter 3, he spoke up. Is it legal to convict a man before he is given a hearing? He asked, they replied, are you from Galilee too? That's actually a slur, believe it or not. Search the scriptures and see for yourself. No prophet ever comes from Galilee. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I want to speak to you on a subject that we need an epiphany. That is the only hope for us. Did I say us? I didn't say you, I said us. We need an epiphany. We need encounters with the Lord. As I shared with you earlier, um, you know, my good friend and pastor, uh, Warren Collins, uh, passed away. And, uh, and I remember that we had a pastor's retreat back in November. And uh, by the leading of uh, Pastor Lorraine Thornhill, who's really a prophetess in the house of the Lord, into the body of Christ, uh, she said, you know what, uh, I think we should start out just saying how much we appreciate each other. Little do we know that that would be the last time we would be together with Pastor Warren. And, and I recorded the words of appreciation of what he shared and my point is, is that last words sometimes, and many times, if you remember them, can be very important. And in this scripture, 2 Timothy chapter, well, 2 Timothy, 1 and 2 Timothy, uh, these are Paul's last letters, last words to Timothy. He's about to be executed by uh, the Empress uh, Nero. And... Uh, he writes this letter to Timothy, the next generation, uh, the pastor who, the, 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 the young man who we trained up in ministry and left him to be pastor of the church at Ephesus. He's, he says to Timothy uh, things like, don't let any man despise your youth. He says things like, God has not given you the spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. He says, fan up the flames of the gift that has been given to you. All of these scriptures that we love and quote, he, 
I've spoken to young people. I've spoken to millennials. I've spoken to Gen Zs. He, he's speaking to another generation. And, and he says one of the final uh, verses, uh, uh, chapters and verses, he says, all scripture is given by inspiration to God to remind Timothy that the scriptures are important. Can you say amen? amen. And no, as I was thinking about, uh, we had a prayer service, uh, well, midnight prayer Monday through Friday night, and, and uh, Brother Henny was sharing uh, on this past Monday on the epiphany, which I found rather strange. I said, why are you sharing on the epiphany scene that that was last month? But then he tied it in beautifully, but something exploded in my spirit when he spoke about the epiphany because uh, the epiphany, uh, those of you who are familiar with the liturgical calendar, the epiphany uh, is celebrated on the uh, liturgical calendar uh, uh, on uh, January 6th, January 6th. As a matter of fact, the uh, Ethiopians uh, celebrate Christmas on January 6th. And uh, me having been born on January 6th, it intrigued me as to, you know, what is this epiphany all about? And I'll talk about that later, but I wanted to understand, well, what, what does the word epiphany mean? And once I found out what it meant, I said, God, I need an epiphany. Pentecostal tabernacle needs an epiphany. Our young people need an epiphany. Our youth, our teenagers need an epiphany. Uh, some of you know that I, I prayer walk uh, around the high school and, so, and you know, sometimes inside, just, just walking around and observing and, and encouraging. Uh, I, I've, never seen, I've never seen a week like last week. What do you mean? I've never seen a week where so many teachers were, were crawling to Friday. Can I get amen, teachers? I mean, I mean, so many of them look like, I, if, if I can just make it to Friday, because those of you who are familiar with school vacation, this week now is school vacation. <laughs> Somebody clapping already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a tough season. It's been a tough season. And as I walk through the high school, you said, why are you there? I want to see what, part of it is praying because it's been a tough season for young people with anxiety. It's almost, almost, like, it's almost like every week you're hearing about some, uh, some millennial or Gen Zer. Uh, meaning uh, anyone who's 41 and under, uh, you're, you're hearing about somebody famous, somebody well-known committing suicide. I've never seen it, heard of a season like this, and I'm 63 years old. And the point is, is that as I walk around and I, and I see uh, young people and I, and I see the look in their eyes and, and, and the discouragement and the, are we going to get through this? And I, I say to myself, even... even even those who sit in the church, while we're worshiping and twirling around, they're looking at us like, what's all the hoopla about? What, 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 what's, we, we were here uh, 
uh, Friday night for Fan into Flames. I'll talk about that a little while. And I was observing a bunch of teenagers, and no matter what was going on in the house of the Lord, they were singing the song inside of their spirit, I shall not be moved. And, 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 and you know, I, I was, I'm being humorous there, but my heart was grieved because it was like they felt nothing. It was like, you know what? We're only here because our parents made us come, and, and 8.30, 9 o'clock can't come quick enough for me to get out of here. No matter what song was saying, no matter what was moving, there was nothing. And I realized that you can have, and, this, and, and please, I'm not being disparaging. I've, I've just come to conclusion that if the Holy Spirit doesn't bring an epiphany and encounter, nothing will move people. You can have fog machines. You can have the, the most serious band this side of the Mississippi. You can, you can bring in uh, uh, the, the best singers. My goodness, you could probably bring in Beyonce to sing worship songs. They'll be shouting out there, but in here, it seems like there is just nothing that moves people. And you know what? In some ways, that's a good thing. Why, Bishop? Because I'm tired of seeing people being moved by the music, being moved by the preaching, but not being moved by an encounter with the Holy Spirit. What do you mean by that? I've been in services. Raise your hand if you've been in services where you've seen people running, shouting, screaming, and doing all sorts of stuff, but you felt nothing. And, and you're saying to yourself, is it me? Because, because we, we've learned to put all the decorations of church without a spirit of the Holy Spirit in the house. And one thing I'm impressed about this generation is that they are not going to be bamboozled by our foolishness. I am preaching up in here. Okay, okay, okay. They're not, they're not going to play the game of fake church. What do you mean? The preacher can be as dry as cracker juice. I hope that's not me. But dry as cracker juice, and you're like, yeah, preach. Go on. And when all else fails, when all else fails, you know, just start, just start uh, 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 hooping. I said, the Lord said, ha, Mary had a little lamb. Ha. His feet would bite us. Oh, and, and, and people are, yes, yes. And then we have church. Yeah, what did the preacher preach? Well, I don't know, but it felt good. Ooh. The power of an epiphany is this. Once you had an epiphany, you can't unsee what you saw. I've shared with you many times that my, my brother, who's just turned 60 this year, uh, when he was three years old, three, four years old, he, he was crippled. He was handicapped. He could not walk. And, and we saw the Lord heal him. So you can tell me he's not a healer, but I can't unsee 
what I saw. Though it happened almost 60 years ago, you can't tell me God is not a healer. The word epiphany, it comes from, Greek for, it comes from a Greek word, simply means manifestation. And when I heard that word manifestation, I said, oh my goodness, the, 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 the Phantom Flames, their theme for this year is manifestation, or manifested promises. It's like God is saying, I'm going to raise up a generation who are going to have encounters with me so that no matter what the culture throws at them, they will be able to identify the truth instead of a lie. This word, epiphany, it, it comes from two Greek words, epi, which means, it means upon, but it also means in addition to, and phanian, which means to show. Are you, are you with me so far? I'm not going to be long because I really want to, I'm praying that the Lord will put this in your heart. So, man, so, so epiphany means to show in addition to. Mm to show in addition to. What do you mean? It means there's something that you see naturally, but there's something in addition to what you see naturally that you can only get from the Holy Spirit. Mm. Well, what are you talking about, Bishop? So, as I shared with you before, the Epiphany celebrates uh, the visiting of the Magi, we call the wise men, when they came from the east uh, hundreds of miles because they saw a star, and I don't know how they got the revelation, but they had an epiphany that there is something in addition to what they see naturally in this star. Are you following me? And, and, and now, you got to remember, these guys are astrologers. So they were always, they've seen all sorts of stars, but there was one star that they saw that was different. Are you hearing me? Moses saw probably hundreds of fires in the desert because in the desert, Lord knows we know what's going on in California, in the desert, there's always fire that starts out because of the heat in the desert in the bushes. But Moses noticed that this bush, for some reason, kept burning. So they saw this star, and they noticed the star was moving in a direction, and rather than just look and say, wow, that's interesting, they packed up. I had to believe at least six months worth of supplies and say, let's see where this star is going because this star is not simply moving. This star is leading us to a king. Isn't it shocking that when they arrive, these, these, these foreigners, these, these people from another country, 
they arrive in Jerusalem to tell the people in Jerusalem what's happening in their region. Why is it that people have to see what God is doing from hundreds and thousands of miles away, but the people in the vicinity don't recognize what God is doing? Woo, that's a good word right there. Have you ever been in a service, Denver, where, 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 where the, the Holy Spirit is moving and everybody's like praising the Lord and you look at the person next to you and, it, and they're not moved, they're clueless as to what God is doing and, and, and you look at them, you're like, wow, I feel sorry for you because God is moving but you are in the building and you don't even recognize it. So you have the, these magi come and they say, where is the king of the Jews born because we have seen his star? What's my point? You know the story. They, they go into uh, uh, the stable, uh, which is really the first floor of, of, of an apartment, of a house, which is where they kept the animals, and they see, watch this, they see a baby in an animal's feeding trough, okay? Not a crib, but an animal's feeding trough. And watch this. They see a baby, a, a baby of poor parents. How do we know that Mary and Joseph were poor? Because of the offering that they gave when Jesus was born. That's a whole nother story. They gave, if you were poor in that culture, usually you would offer a lamb when a child was born. But if you were poor, you would offer, the Bible says turtle doves, but they were really pigeons. You know you're going to be poor when you're just offering pigeons. So God says, yeah, I know you see a poor baby, a baby of poor parents, but I'm going to show you something in addition to what you see. That's a bad word right there. He, what you see is a poor baby, but I am showing you that this child is the king of kings and the lord of lords. That's why you need to bring a gift to the king. So here it is. These wise men come to this child that is born of poor parents and they bow down and worship him because they recognize that in addition to being a baby, this is the king of kings and the lord of lords. That's called an epiphany. See, you need to have an epiphany in this place. This is not Targets. This is not Macy's. This is not a, a, a Cheesecake Factory. This building is different than any other building. It's the house of the Lord. And that's why, as Sister Delia says, when you come in here, when I go into Macy's, I expect a shop. When I go into Ruth Chris, I expect to have a good steak. When I go to TD Garden, I expect to watch a good game. But when I come in the house of the Lord, I just have expectation because I don't know what he's going to do. But I'm looking 
because, ah, David said in Psalm 63, my soul waits only for the Lord because my expectation, the word expect means, E-X means out, and specto means to look. I'm looking out for the Lord because every moment, any moment, he'll show up. And when he shows up, he will step in. Someone will say, who is this king of glory? He's the Lord, strong and mighty. So lift up your hands, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors. Oh, he may come in the beginning of the service. He may come in the end of the service. He may come in a prayer. He may come in a song. But if I'm looking, he'll show up. He won't disappoint me. We need an epiphany. It's desperately needed now. That's the only thing that will move young people. That's the only thing that will move City Hall and Cambridge. And that's the only thing. So you have this text where there's they're arguing. They're saying the scriptures clearly says that there's no prophet coming out of Nazareth, Galilee. You need to understand why they said that. The Galileans had such a horrible accent, maybe sort of like Bostonians, I guess, where the, the accent was so horrible that they were not allowed to read the scriptures in public in a synagogue. So when they said, are you a Galilean, that was a slur. And, and so, yeah, Galilean, no, you're not Galilean. <laughs> and, and so what am I saying? I'm saying that, that, oh, let me, let me pause there. Because I need to say this. John the Baptist, if you remember, he says, three times in the book of John, he says, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Anybody read that scripture before? Are you tracking with me? If you track with me, say amen. amen. Okay. Now, this is what's interesting. He says it three times, but the first two times, Lord have mercy, he, he, he says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, in other words, Jesus is coming to baptize. John has baptized probably hundreds, thousands of people. He sees Jesus and he says, behold the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. That's not how he said it. He, this, let me show you how he said it. He says, he says, behold the, oh, behold the Lamb of God that that takes away the sin of the world. Why did he say it like that? He says, I didn't know it was him. Read the text two times, he says, I didn't know it was him. What's the big deal? This dude has been my cousin for 30 years. I could see he was my cousin, but I had an epiphany right there and then, in addition to being my cousin. He's the Messiah. Oh my God, how could I miss it? Because God opened his eyes. God, what am I saying? God will take something that you've seen for decades 
and all of a sudden open your eyes and say, oh my goodness, I see something in addition to what I see. I was, I was, I was at a tent meeting in 1978, and it was a Sunday service evening, and all of a sudden, this teenage young lady about 18, 17, 18 years old, she has this floral dress and these black sandals, high heel sandals, and she is, it's a tent meeting. She is walking on dirt, walking towards River Street out of the tent meeting, and when I saw her, I had an epiphany. In addition to being Carmen Elaine Selman, who I've known all her life, I saw my wife. And I said, behold, the bridegroom cometh. <laughs> you can be just Friends for yeah, just friends, and all of a sudden you get an epiphany. Turn it around, turn it around. Mm. Mm. Turn to somebody who said he's trying to help you. So you have these Pharisees who they see Jesus as the prophet from Nazareth, which means he is not, he is not the Messiah. But they can't see that in addition to what they see is what they don't see. What they couldn't see is that Jesus was not born in Nazareth. He was born in Bethlehem, Judah. Sometimes you can be so stuck on what you see, you don't inquire of the Lord regarding what you may not see. They never asked him, where were you born? They just assumed he was born in Nazareth. Why would they assume that? Because I know it's hard for you to believe, but Jesus did have an accent. being raised in Nazareth. Every time, every time Jesus opened his mouth, it probably drove the Pharisees crazy to, to, to hear 
this man speaking pearls of wisdom with a Nazarene accent. God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Tell the person next to you, you better get ready because God is going to show the world who I am in addition to what the world sees. You, you better get ready. 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 See, I'm just about finished here. Interpretation without revelation will get you in trouble. And there's a lot of people who know the scriptures, but they get no revelation. And therefore, what ends up happening is that their interpretation without, of the scripture without revelation from the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit, in John 14, verse 26, Jesus says, but the, whole, the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and he'll bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I said unto you. John 16, verse 13 says, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all the truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but those things which he hears, that will he also speak, and he will show you things to come. And so my point is, is that uh, too often, God wants, what happened with the Pharisees is that they missed an epiphany of what, what God wanted to add it to their lives. And so often we, 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 we think that we know the scriptures simply because we memorized it, but we have to constantly go before the scriptures with humility and say, God, open my eyes. Open my eyes. What do you want to show me that's new? What do you want to show me in addition to what I'm reading? Mm. So now, what I'm doing now, when I look at young people, if you could show this picture. And so, here's a picture of uh, David and Dr. E.A. and their daughter, Michelle. They named her Michelle because Michelle and Michael are the same name, which means who is like God. And when I look at Michelle, I say to myself, yes, she's about a six-year-old. I can see that. But I'm now saying to God, who is Michelle in addition to what I see? Ooh. Whose friend is she going to be when she's a teenager? What college and university is she supposed to go to? Whose wife is she going to be? Whose mother is she going to be? You see, once you have an idea that God wants to do and is doing something in addition to what you see, then you will start asking God, what am I supposed to see even though right now I'm going through hell with this child. I need to preach. I need to preach. I need to preach. I need to preach. You need to see a vision so that you will say 
what you see instead of saying what you see. Can these dry bones live, Ezekiel? God is tired of dropping his people in a valley of dry and dead bones, and all we do is describe what we see. I need to preach. No, I need to preach. God did not put you there, man of God, woman of God, to describe what you see. He put you there to create what God wants seen. God, I need to preach. I'll preach to myself. God is tired of Christians being thermometers. He needs you to be a thermostat. If the temperature is freezing, when you show up, it ought to warm up. If the temperature is dry, when you show up, it ought to be moist and showering. Ah, if the temperature is full of hell, you ought to bring heaven there. Can these dry bones live? Lord, only you know. I need epiphany. So this is what I want you to do, Ezekiel. Prophesy to the valley and say, hear the word of the Lord. Instead of, oh, it's dry. Oh, do you feel anything in this service? Oh, do you, oh man, it's so dry. So, oh, Why don't you prophesy? Why don't you speak the word of the Lord? Every service, if you don't feel the presence of the Lord, you ought to say, God, your word says in Psalm 22, verse 3, you show up. You inhabit the praises of your people. Your word says I have to enter your gates with thanksgiving and enter your courts with praise. And so I'm lifting up my hands and I'm going to bless you because right now I see a dry service. But in addition to the dry service, I see the Holy Ghost falling now if I will keep praising him. So no matter how dry it is, I'll praise him. No matter how horrible it is, I'm praising him. In my car, I'm praising Said you will show up where I will praise you. I'll praise you in targets. I'll praise you in star market. I'll praise you in, 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 in Whole Foods. I'll praise you wherever I go because when I praise you, you will walk with me. Come on, let's worship the Lord right now. Just, just praise him. 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 I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what Pentecostal tabernacle is supposed to be in addition to what we see. I wonder who this place is supposed to be in addition. Yes, it's a church on the corner of Washington, not Washington, well, Washington Street and Columbia. It's a church on the corner of Perry Street and Magazine Street. It's a church that, yes, I guess if God had to choose and I had to be some color, it's a church that's pastored with a, with a black pastor, but I am not going to let the world describe our church as a black church. Lord have mercy because we are more than what you see. I'm not going to let the world define who I am 
or who we are. I'm going to let God define who we are. Mm. The city, uh, I'm going to put you out there, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'm going to put you out there. The city mayor contacted me and said, hey, we're choosing this new city manager. And we want your opinion as a church. If you can't make it, Bishop, we want your opinion as a church as to who you think the next city manager should be like, okay? And I knew what that was called for. And so what I did, seeking the Lord, he said, don't let them define you. And so I said, okay, you told me to send a member of our church, I will send a member of our church. And so, John, could you stand up? I sent John. He lives in Cambridge. He's a partner of PT. I am not going to let the world define who we are. Ooh, it's quiet in this place. Ooh, ooh, whole, whole lot of black people went. I've had people, I've had people literally leave this church because I said, we're not a black church. We're not an American church. At least two thirds of, at least two thirds of you need to be praising the Lord. We are who God has envisioned us to be. I remember asking, uh, we started getting a lot of Africans coming to PT probably about in the first decade of uh, uh, this century, we started getting a lot of Africans coming. And I remember, I, I, I finally asked one of uh, the Africans, in fact, I'll, I'll say who it was, it was uh, uh, Brother Yemi uh, Adepitu, I keep the, I think I pronounced his name, I'm part of but, but Ores, Ores Yemi. Okay, thank you, because it's, and I said, Yemi, why, why are we attracting a lot of Africans? I'll never forget what he said. He said, because you're not trying to make us into Americans. We sing all types of songs. Hymns, salsa, songs from Nigeria and Ghana and, and, and Hillsong. We, we sing all kinds of songs because we, and so you don't get in black American songs, we sing all gospel, we sing all kinds of songs. Why? Because God says that this church is an international church. We're, 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 we're a gateway city church. I want you to stand to your feet. I want to show you one more picture, and then I want to pray. A year and a half ago, I preached a sermon with this cover. 
came, this came out in June 1st, 2020, when we were in the midst. We were probably in the first four or five months of this pandemic. And Time Magazine labeled particularly the, the teenagers during that season, generation pandemic. And I said it back then, and I say it now, I refuse for this generation to be labeled generation pandemic. I believe that this is the Joseph generation where that which was meant for evil, God's gonna turn it around for good. I believe that God is raising up one of the greatest generations in the history of our country. The reason why they call my father's generation uh, and my grandmother's generation the great generation is because they went through something. It's called the Great Depression. And they came out stronger. And I am here to prophesy to every one of you teenagers under the sounds of my voice that you are going to be one of God's greatest generations because of an epiphany that's going to happen to you. And so the questions, I have two questions to ask. What will we miss What will we miss? What won't be added to us if we don't become the new wineskins in our heart that God needs us to have so that we don't miss what God's doing? Another question we need to ask ourselves, God, am I a Pharisee? Am I a fair I see? Am, am, I, am, I, am I somebody who thinks I'm impartial with what I see? Am I somebody who thinks I'm objective with what I see? The Bible says in John, in Jeremiah 17 verse nine, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. My heart is deceitful and my heart is desperate. And I've, I've been in situations where I've, I've allowed my heart to be deceived into thinking something was God and it was not. Can I get an amen? amen? So now, regularly, Carmen and I pray, God, we pray that you would renew people's minds and transform people's hearts. And we say, stop with us. Thank you, Jesus. We haven't done this in a long time. But if you could put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you, you can ask their permission. Because we don't want to be holding hands quite yet. But I think it's safe to put your hand on the person's shoulder. And I want you to pray just for a minute. It doesn't have to be a long prayer, but just pray that the Lord will give the person who you're praying for 
an epiphany. Lord, help them to see beyond what they see. Help them to see in addition to what they see. They may be in a dead-end job. They may be in a horrible situation where they're not employed or, or but help them to see in addition. There's, there's something that God wants to show us. Let's pray, brother. If you're, if you're watching online, if, you, if you're sitting next to somebody or in your bed, lying next to somebody or you're by yourself, just, just, just pray. God, help me to see beyond what I see. Help me to see in addition. There's, there's something happening. God, help me not to allow the enemy to chase me out of my blessing. Chase me out of the place where you have me because I can only see the horrible situation I'm in. I, I can only see that this is a dead-end job. This is a dead-end dead end place. This is a place that I'm stuck in. And yet we sing songs like he'll make a way where there is no way. This week, Lord, open our eyes. 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 We're praying for each other just like Elisha prayed for his servant in 2 Kings chapter 6 where all the servants saw is we're surrounded by an army that's going to destroy us. And Elisha, he saw the army, but in addition to the army, he saw angels, the army of angels. And he said, God, open this man's eyes so that he can see in addition to what he already sees. Open our eyes, open our eyes, open our eyes, open our eyes. Open our eyes, open our eyes, open our eyes. Open our eyes, open our eyes. This week, Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes. Open our eyes. Open our eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, 
Lord, this is a prayer. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I need to see you. I need to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Shining in the light. Why you sound good. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, to see you, see you high and lifted up, yes, shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, 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 I want to see. I, I just feel led and those who may have to leave, you can leave, but I just feel led to, um, I want to pray I, I, and I just want to anoint those of you, particularly, no, just, no, I won't limit it. I, I want to anoint those of you who are saying, I, I, I need an epiphany. I need, I need God to show me what he sees for me beyond what I see. In August of, I think it was 2012 or 2013, I can't remember. I was looking at this really messed up building. I mean, really messed up. And as bad as it was here, on this floor, all this was not here, trust me. As bad as it was on the fellowship hall, it was so bad that when we walked into the kitchen, there were three toilet commodes in the kitchen. And when I walked in the basement, it was horrible. And while I was walking in the basement, I had an epiphany. And I heard the Lord say, would you be willing to repair my house to make it look like what I see it can look like? And I don't even know why a yes came out of my mouth. But I said, yes, Lord, we'll do it if you would help us. And two or three years ago, we won an award from the city of Cambridge for renovating this church. 
And now this church is fully paid off. There's no way. God wants to show us something beyond what we see. So I want, I just want to anoint you. I just want to anoint your mind, even as uh, Sister Lily, I mean, she preached on Friday night, Lord have mercy, about changing your mind. And I just want to anoint you. Um, you don't have to come up, but if you just feel like, I, this is a season that I really need, I need my mind renewed. I need to see beyond what I see. I need to see in addition to in addition to, the name Joseph means, may the Lord add to me. And yet, for 14 years, all he saw was subtraction. <laughs> and I want to just anoint you that in the midst of subtraction, you're going to see what the Lord is adding to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I, I wish I could tell you some of the things God is doing, but I can't say them publicly because I don't want folks to get in trouble. But I'm having people contacting me and saying, just this past week, a, a, a pastor who, who leads a ministry that is as far away from Pentecostal Tabernacle, his <laughs> belief is, I mean, it's, and I thought we were just having lunch and the pastor said, well, the reason why I wanted to have lunch with you is not because of this, which I thought it was. He said, I've been having encounters with God that is outside of my, my sphere of our denomination. <laughs> and now I feel like a fish out of water. What he was basically saying is, I can't unsee what I've been seeing. So I said, I'll be willing to meet with you once a month to help you to interpret, cooperate with what the Holy Spirit is doing in you. <laughs> I tell you, folks, God is doing something. God is doing something. Revival is here. That's what me and my wife, we keep claiming. Revival is here. I'm not looking for it. It is here. And I'm going to be a part of it. Anybody going to be a part of it? Amen. So this, just, uh, I guess you can come up. We haven't done offering like it. Ushers, could you just uh, kind of do roll by roll and, and um, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, I'm just, don't, don't, don't stand here waiting for me to prophesy. And not, not, I just want to anoint your head. We're in a season of consecration these next two months. And I am believing that by Easter, there's going to be a resurrection of a new you. I just believe it. I just believe it. So if you can come quickly uh, and you can play and do whatever the Lord leads you to. Huh? Say it again. Yeah. So I got oil if I need more.
Oh, Lord have mercy, okay. Yeah, sure. Don't worry, she's just as anointed as I am. Maybe even more. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, yeah, you know I'm going to get here. God bless you. This is a new season. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Turn it around. Oh, I can hardly wait to see what God is going to do. What are you going to do, Lord?
seems to be a new song out, at least it's new to me, uh, called I Speak the Name of Jesus by Katie Nicole. I think. <laughs> yeah. and, and what the Lord told me to do is to turn the lyrics of her song into a blessing over you. And so whether you're online or in this room, I want to bless you with these words. But before I bless you, um, five years ago, a football player by the name of uh, Cooper Cup suffered a season-ending injury and was unable to play in the Super Bowl against, at that time, the New England Patriots. As many of you may know, he last Sunday was not only the MVP of the Super Bowl, not only was he the National Football League Offensive Player of the Year, not only did he lead all receivers in yards received, number of receptions and TD passes. That's the triple crown. But he also was a believer. And he understands that in addition to what we see as a football player, he's a man of God. And I was reading some of the quotes that he made right after he won the MVP of the Super Bowl, he said, 
for all the world to see. I don't feel deserving of this. God is so good. God is so good. And then a week before the Super Bowl, a week and a half, his wife said, we have prayed for a season to glorify, this is before the Super Bowl, to glorify our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so as I bless you, what will people see in addition to what they see in your profession as a student, as a son and daughter? Let them see, in addition to what they see, a man, a woman, a boy, a girl who loves Jesus and wants to bring glory to him. If you could put out your hand, I want to bless you. Again, based on that song, if you ever get an opportunity, I speak the name of Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus over you and declare that God is moving in the midst of your hurting. God is moving in the midst of your sorrow. God is moving in the midst of your desperation. I speak the name that is the reputation of Jesus into your healing. I speak the name of Jesus to change every one of your circumstances for your good and for God's kingdom purposes. I speak the name of Jesus that replaces all of your fears with an unexplainable and unshakable faith in God. I bless you and speak in the name of Jesus whose word is like a hammer that destroys rocky mountains into pieces. His name will create a path towards God's victories in your life. I speak the name of Jesus that releases unexplainable breakthroughs, that does miracles and performs the impossible in your life for his glory. I speak and I declare blessings over your life, the restoration of your faith in God, your ability to see the faithfulness of God in your life. Every promise made by God will be fulfilled in your life. Your ability to see that greater is the Holy Spirit within you than the devil's lies that are against you. I declare that the blood of Jesus Christ is releasing your mind from thinking about things that are destroying your life and your God-intended ordained future. And I release into your mind the ability to think, the ability to think on things that are true, things that are noble, things that are right, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are admirable, excellent, and worthy of praise in the name of Jesus. I speak into your heart the ability to give God thanks in the midst of every circumstance because this is the will of God concerning you. I speak that name above all the names. Be blessed by the name of Jesus. And everybody say, I receive that blessing. God bless you. Have an amazing week in him. He is up to something. He is up to something. God is doing something. Right now, He is up to something. He is up to something. God is doing something. Right now, He is up to something.
Hey family, thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.